Hey, I'm Emily. And I'm Emily. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Coming Up Roses. Hey guys. Hello. Welcome back to every time I have to every time I make the episodes, I have to go back and count how many episodes we've done. <laughs> I don't keep very good track of how many we've done. How many has it been? I don't know. I'll look. Let's go back and check. So anyway, uh, I hope everybody's having a good week. Um, if you're not, then definitely tune into this episode. We're about to make it better. We are. <laughs> um, we're officially going to do our self-care week. And I have a feeling that self-care is going to look different for you than it does for me because you do a lot of methodical self-care <laughs> and that's not how I do my self-care. Yeah. <laughs> my self-care is like buying a coffee for myself <laughs> when I'm already stressed and anxious and probably shouldn't be having coffee. <laughs> Caffeine is like the, the pop culture <laughs> self-care. Everyone's like, let's just mm-hmm. go and get like a coffee and you're like, perfect. Caffeine, sugar, dairy, all things that are not good for my system. Yep. Let me just fill my body with that yep. and feel worse. Um, Pretty much. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I feel like everyone kind of thinks of self-care differently. A, because everyone kind of has different needs in terms of introvert versus extrovert, mm-hmm. you know, liking to be outside versus liking to be indoors, financial abilities with self-care and a lot of people think of self-care and this is something I always used to trick myself into thinking self-care is like taking a bath and putting on a face mask and having some alone time and that's like all you can quantify as self-care and I think there's so much more that goes into taking care of yourself and self-care is way more important than I think I realized and as as women and as women who are involved in a lot of things. I think mm-hmm. it's easy for like the type A woman or the overly involved woman to give too much of herself. But your best like weapon against the world, people always say is like yourself. I've heard that before. Like if you're fighting for something or working for something you're passionate about, you're never going to change anything unless you are taking care of yourself. This will be podcast episode number eight, by the way. Eight already? <laughs> well, I did a I guess you did some. I, there's two on there that don't have you. I did one with the other Emily, and then I did one by myself. So right, right number right. six for you, I suppose. Only number six for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but anyway. So I feel like um, when it comes to wanting to change things and being really driven and having a passion and having an end goal, your best tool is always yourself. I think we forget mm-hmm. that. We think about the things that are external from our individual selves. And it's important to go back and remember that like your own being is, I think people have said before, like your own being is part of the resistance. Um, And you can't bring your whole self to your goals unless you feel like a whole person. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a huge um, advocate of self-reflection. I think it is very important to like sit back and reflect on, situations that have happened to you or you know the way you reacted to a situation um I think that helps you moving forward not only um conquer situations differently but just changes your outlook as a person if you don't ever and I mean I think self-reflection can be a form of self-care because if Mm -hmm. you don't ever sit back and think about things like that then you don't ever 
grow as a person. Like you have no character development then is what I feel. So that's really good. That's definitely, I would say one of my forms of self-care is reflecting on situations. And, you know, that could be a situation that happened just today, or that could be a situation that like happened in your childhood. Um, Because there can definitely be, not to get deep really fast, but there can definitely be some trauma from things Mm -hmm. that happen and sometimes you don't ever process that unless you sit down and you take some time to self-reflect so I think that's something that I struggle with if there's people who are high anxiety struggle with taking criticism I have a really awesome mentor in my life who has started at the end of the month or like for example we waited till the end of the semester this year because semester the months kind of blended together And she asked for me to just reflect on my first semester as panel mm-hmm. president and said, and I've never had somebody ask me that before. Like my professors ask me during my conference, we do a conference at school. They're like, hey, what do you think of your semester? How do you think it went? Usually, and, and then usually you give answers like, oh, good. You give like very surface level yeah, answers. Yeah, only one time ever did I actually really go in. Uh-huh. And so in like early May, she said, let's sit down and let's talk about your semester. And you know, I get like constructive feedback sometimes, but since I'm president, I don't hear that a lot from my peers. And she was able to give me feedback from peers that she had heard. And that's why I have a hard time taking criticism, but I've been asking more people in my life, um, like things that I can improve upon. And that's, I agree. I think that's a form of self-care. That's something I've never been good at naturally. I'm not a good, I don't like to think about things that I've done wrong, (laughs) um, which is not healthy. So I would say that aspect the like getting feedback and learning from it is not one of my strengths either because I'm one of those people that like in elementary school when they were like here's your rough draft and then here's your final paper I never wanted to do the rough draft I wanted to jump straight into the final paper I was like if I'm gonna write this why would I just not write it perfect the first time that just didn't and I still kind of feel that way if I'm gonna write a paper (laughs) I do it in one shot and I turn it in um so feedback has always been a little hard for me um, Mm -hmm. and just like criticism because I always want to do it right the first time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that's the slight perfectionism in me that um, comes out, even though I say all the time I'm not a perfectionist. But um, so that's something right here that I'm reflecting on that I could be better at is taking criticism and feedback and learning better from them instead of being like, because what I end up doing is being offended by it. Me too. So I take it very personally. When it's not... That's not always the case. If yeah. somebody's like, hey, you could do this better, you don't have to be offended that, like, you weren't already doing it better, you know? So. You think I'd be better at taking criticism because I'm a dancer and we get corrections <laughs> almost constantly, but, like, criticism about individual things that mm-hmm. I, like, when I'm dancing in class and I need to get a correction, I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, I obviously needed this, but. When I have choreography and it's being critiqued or something I've done for Panhellenic and it's being critiqued, I do take it very personally. And When it's something that you put your heart in and then somebody comes back and it's like, yeah, I think if you just fix this, it would look a little better. Then you feel like personally offended. I do anyway. Yeah. And I think too, if I were, you know, getting my PhD and I don't know who's what, I'd write my thesis on this, but I think like driven driven women with anxiety who have a lot of goals and also like identify with a major religion like Christianity 
all those different forces in their life combine to make them into these people who like mm. want to please others and want to do everything all at once and don't like asking for help and don't know how to take care of themselves. I just see that a lot. Like if, most of my friends are like type A driven people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just see that a lot. People who like have the force of their religion, like looking down on them. And then they've got like their own anxiety and their own goals, pressuring them and outside forces. And they don't want to ask for help. And that's something that I noticed in myself, especially at the start of like staying at home because I was taken out of all the other people in my life who were like that. I was taken out of my school setting where all my friends are that type. And we had just kind of existed in this place of like constant anxiety and stress and constantly on the breaking point. And I came home and I realized, oh, it's not normal to feel that way all the time. It's not normal to have mm-hmm. anxiety dreams all the time. Yeah. And one of the big, one of the things I wanted to talk about, one of the big game changers for me was um, like learning how to identify a feeling and what's going to make you feel better. Because I think like taking a bath for me does not <laughs> calm me down. Um, taking a bath for me is like I have to because I can't walk from dance. It's not like a self-care. It's like a physical thing I've been brought up to do as a dancer Mm -hmm. and so there's these things you can find online and they're like feelings wheels and therapists use them especially with little kids and you find like your basic feelings there's like anger happiness sadness stress and then you go out and there's like deeper feelings then you go out and there's like even deeper feelings and so what I started doing because you know I, I just generally felt anxious and I was like there's no way that all these feelings are stemming just from like general anxiety or stress And so learning how to identify those feelings means like, okay, I'm actually feeling disheartened. Mm -hmm. That's the root of why I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling disheartened. What's the cause of that? How can I address that? And that's more effective self-care to me. That's not just throwing, you know, throwing a bottle of water onto a forest fire. It's like finding the root of the problem, the core reason why you're feeling the way you're feeling and Mm -hmm. then being able to like, address that specifically because I don't think every feeling requires the same form of coping and things like that. I'm a, like a volunteer crisis text line counselor person. And we talk about that a lot in our training, how coping skills, A, aren't the same for everyone and B, aren't the same for every situation. So when we have like repeat texts or inners and they have different issues, we're not supposed to just give them, like encourage them to do the same thing because if I'm feeling stressed you know, I'd rather work out or like do something to take my mind off of it rather than like write down how I'm feeling about yeah. it. You know, it's just, <laughs> you should, everyone should look up that wheel of feelings. Yeah. I love just that. literally Google it. I don't know what it's called. It's <laughs> called like the wheel of feelings and you start at the center and you go out and you can really figure out like what's going on so you can better address it and make it more personal to you so that you can like move past that. Mm-hmm. Just Google it. I don't know who. <laughs> I saw it on the internet and I was like, oh, I love this. (laughs) I don't know the technical term. No, yeah, I love that. I think, I mean, like we talked about, I think it's important to, there's a lot more to self-care than just buying coffee and those like physical things that you can do, you know, I mean, just reading a book though for some people is Mm self-care and just taking that time, taking a moment, going for a walk, things like that. Those are all pretty common um, forms of self-care, but I think it's important too to dig deeper. And, you know, if you find that you're 
having to do a lot of quote unquote self-care, why is it that you're feeling anxious or stressed or upset so much that you feel that you need to do that? Like Mm -hmm. maybe you need to change your coping mechanisms. Maybe you need to self-reflect. Maybe you um, need to change the forms of self-care that you're doing in order to better handle the emotions that you're feeling. Absolutely. If that makes any sense. No, it does. Because I think so often in culture is very, not to get on my like anti-culture soapbox, but culture is very much like into the self-care and self-soothing thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a fitness instructor. But I feel like they weren't a few years ago. No, no, no. That's this what I was is... going to say. I was going to say earlier. I was trying to remember it. But so a few years ago, I was a big I would always call myself like a girl boss, a boss babe. And like, I always wanted to, you know, like be a businesswoman and do the dang thing. And like, that was who I was. That's who I wanted to be. So I strive for that every day. And not that I don't still call myself those things sometimes, but I think the culture surrounding those words and surrounding that identity is very go, go, go. And, you know, you have to have a million things on your plate and you have to be doing things 24 seven. And when now we've a couple years later, we've moved into this very, like, there, there are still aspects that make you feel that way. When you hear the word, the term boss, babe, you think of a girl that's busy all the time and she's got lots of um, things on her plate all the time. She's got 80 projects going and Mm -hmm. she's, but she's got a family or she's got a boyfriend and she's got, you know, all this stuff. But I think in the last couple of years, that um, idea has evolved into letting yourself have some time and realizing that it doesn't have to be go, go, go all the time, that you don't have to be hustling all the time, that it's important to take that time for yourself and not be so dragged down. Because then what ends up happening is you get burnt out. You get oh burned out on the things that you used to love to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think a lot of the boss babe, hustler people were finding was that they were getting burnt out. And so that's when this self-care mentality came in was when that was happening. And I think there's another end to that spectrum because you've got, you still got, I mean, I had to unfollow so many like Instagram influencers because they're the, they're those people that I'm talking about. Again, if I could have a PhD in, I don't know, the minds of women, I guess mm-hmm. it would, my thesis would be these Christian ultra driven, like can't ask for help type a super high anxiety people who like exist in our world and live this lifestyle that everyone wants to have. But we've like created it into something it's not. There's still those people, they're going off the deep end. I don't follow a bunch of them. And then you've got on the other end, the self-care like revolution, which is now like, oh, you don't need to do anything difficult. Like you just need to take care of yourself. You are your biggest priority and you are your biggest priority. But now, I mean, I work in the health and wellness industry. I'm a fitness instructor and Pilates especially is very mind body. Mm -hmm. And I was telling my students at the beginning of class, I'm like, Hey guys, if there's anything you don't want to do because you feel pain or whatever, don't worry about it. Well, I've had people before who literally just lay on the ground until there's something (laughs) they want to do. And I'm like, okay, this is totally your time to like take care of yourself. Like working out is one of the best things you can do for yourself overall, mind, body, 
spirit, everything. But you got to do something. <laughs> You're not going to see the benefits if you lay on the ground. And Another that's why form of self-care I need to be better about. <laughs> Working out is so hard to do if you're not. Like, if I didn't have my job, I don't know if I'd be as good about it. But that's why. Okay, so this is going to be like the book of 2020. I'm already calling it. John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, talks about how we see these, like, two things. You're either, you know – a boss, always on the hustle, constant grind, 24-7. Do you still like, have this book? I do. Can I borrow it? You'll have to ask other Emily because okay. it's her book. Okay. But yes, I, fin- I finished it in like a week. And I'm a slow, leisurely reader because I look up words and stuff. I blazed through this book. <laughs> and then it talks about the other end of the spectrum, which is the coddle ourselves with things that are mm. actually good forms of self-care. And it talks about like spiritual self-care. So I think everyone should read that book. I know it's super trendy right now and like every pastor on the planet has made fun of how everyone's reading it, but you should read it because literally two, like three, three, four of the things that I do for myself now that I feel like are like spiritual self-care. I still have self-care. Like I watch a lot, a lot of Netflix. Like when I'm in a really bad mood, sometimes I just watch a little bit of Netflix, take my mind off things and then I can hop back into whatever I was doing. But one of the big things that totally changed my mind was to stop freaking hurrying. It's called the ruthless Mm -hmm. elimination of hurry. And it talks about how a lot of us are so geared in that we don't realize we're constantly managing like low to medium levels of stress all day, every day. Me. (laughs) Do you know what does to that? You know what that does to your nervous system? It literally never like cleanses your nervous system out. And so like we all multitask so much without even realizing it. And as when I started thinking about how much I'm like constantly thinking about other things when I'm doing something or like, you know, I'll be on my phone and watching a show and talking to someone in the room and you'll look around and you'll realize how much in our days and fun fact, just throwing it out there. You can't multitask. It's been proven scientifically. Like you can, you cannot 100%, 100% on two tasks at once, you can like 75, 25 or like 60, 40, but you can't, you can't give your all to both things at once. So whenever you're on your phone, this is a super basic example, but when you're on your phone and you're watching a movie, you're only taking in one information fully. That's why watching movies with my family drives me crazy (laughs) because they're always like, wait, what happened? I don't understand who that character is. I'm like, yeah, you're playing solitaire on your phone. <laughs> you got pay attention. <laughs> Movies are intellectual. So take a step back and notice the areas of your life that you're that cause you to feel that low level stress and anxiety. And give he also talks about giving yourself a really good routine and allowing those moments for breaks and stuff. And that'll also make you realize, oh, does it make you realize how much time you waste during the day by like not being intentional about your time? And I kind of talked about that in our like productivity travel brain dump mm-hmm. episode but I realized that I always wake up in the morning and I think to myself oh I just have so much to do today and then I like make a plan for my day and I get to about noon and I'm like huh really didn't have that much to do today now did I <laughs> you know I've got other stuff going on but I like when you plan it out you realize that there's more time in the day for the things you enjoy um and my the biggest one that I started doing that I love is to actually take a sabbath I had never even thought mm. about it. I was like, oh, whatever. Like, that's just something that, you know, was in the Old Testament. And we don't do that anymore because we're in the 21st century. And I started taking Saturdays. I sleep in. 
which I sleep in a lot, so I don't know why I'm getting <laughs> Saturday is my big day to sleep in, but I sleep in, and I don't do any work the whole day. I don't check email. I actually took email off my phone. It's come back to bite me only once, so I'm, well, that's good. I'm loving it so far. I don't check email. I don't do work. I don't respond to texts about things like, oh, hey, talking about this sorority thing, or oh, hey, can we work on this? No, ma'am, we cannot. I've been laying by the pool every Saturday reading and, you know, having a couple trulies by the pool and just like, I usually like watch a movie and go to bed early and it's been so nice. And that's one of his biggest recommendations. He talks about it. And then for his Sabbath, he always turns off his phone and that's, a, that's not, that's not it for everybody because mm-hmm. like, I love That's going a little too far. <laughs> I, I love his boyfriend right now. Yeah. So, well little tricky but I do like the concept of not just sitting on my phone all day so usually Mm -hmm. on Saturdays I don't get on social media which I've kind of fallen off the social media wagon as it is like I've kind of just when we were all at home I was like nobody's really doing anything so there's no real well and also this is totally off topic but I would love to hear your thoughts on this the algorithm of Instagram especially Twitter I'm like so over at this point because we got the Twitter preachers of America on there. I'm sick mm-hmm. of it. But Instagram, the algorithm sets it up so the people that you interact with the most are at the top. So I can see your story, you know, my roommate's story, like all those stories that I want to see right at the top. And then I see like your post, Courtney's post, Anna's post. Okay, well, I'm done. Like if people want to tell me things that are happening in their life, they're going to tell me. Yeah. You know, if people like the people I want to see are right at the top. So I'll go on Instagram for about five minutes. And the more I scroll, the more I get into like weird brands I followed when I was 13. And I just mm-hmm. haven't followed in a while, you know? So it's like, why, why am I spending so much time looking at that when the people I want to see are literally right there, right at the top? Oh, there's Emily's story. Perfect. Done on Instagram for the yeah. hour, you know? And so I think it's hard. It's not realistic for everyone. Like, John Mark Comer, I don't know that John Mark Comer is married and has kids. So when they do the Sabbath, they're all at home together. The people he has to worry about immediately are like right there. Mm-hmm. But me, like I have a long distance boyfriend right now, and usually, like you guys are coming over to the mm-hmm. pool on that Saturday. So it's like, oh, we've got a lot of noise going on in this episode. So it's uh, all good, not a big deal. There's like a million things always happening in my neighborhood at once. Post hailstorm. Oh, I know what that is. I bet it's the neighbors getting their new roof. Probably. They needed they needed a new roof. They've been throwing shingles down like all yes. weekend. All week, I guess. Even though that house is like not that old. That roof no. shouldn't be that old. So I bet it's I bet that's probably what it is. Yeah, or the you know, the cleaning. But anywho. Anyway, not um, a big deal. So it's easier for him to like turn off his phone all day and like hang out or whatever. But, like, me, you know, I got long distance boyfriend. You guys might be coming over and texting me, like, hey, I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. My parents are going places and need to get a hold of me. So I just, like, take a step back. I'm not on my phone as much. You know, I take breaks from it during the day. I stay off social media. So that book, if you're going to read a book this summer, if you need something to read and think on this summer, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that book. Um, it's going to be the book of 2020, especially for Christians, because every pastor on the planet has been talking about it, but <laughs> it's so good. And yeah, you should ask Emily if you should read it. I will. I'll ask her. But what today. are some things that you do for yourself? Well, I have to say, um, 
jumping back to what you said about how we're always like semi to medium stressed in my effort to self-reflect more. Um, I have realized that I internalize a lot of my stress and it shows itself in like physical ailments, if that makes sense. No, that's so real. Not to let everybody privy to my <laughs> problems, but um, like, so like I was helping throw like a little birthday party yeah. um, this weekend and the day before the party, I, and I honestly have no idea why I was stressed about this. I shouldn't have been stressed about it. Like shouldn't have been that big of a deal. But the day before the party, my ears were like plugged up and they hurt and I like couldn't hear anything out of one ear at a time. Like it was terrible. I was tired. I was like, what is going on? And then the same thing the next morning when um, we had the party, my ears, one of my ears was still like plugged up and we're what, two, three days post party and I feel fine. Yeah. But like I was stressed. So my body was showing that in weird ways. And that's not the first time that something like that has happened. So I don't know, something strange, but like something to think about is how you, um, what do I want to say? How you show stress. Like, do you know you're stressed or are you somebody like me that like internalizes your stress and doesn't ever realize it. That's super interesting to think about. Because when you said that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't think I do that because I can always tell when I'm stressed. But now that you said that and you talked about, like, feeling it in your body, mm-hmm. I think I internalize my stress a lot. Like, my low-level stressors, like, if I'm anxious about my to-do list or, like, I get really nervous to teach fitness classes. I don't know why. I've been doing it for, like, years now. But I always get a little bit of social anxiety and I'll tense up. And mm-hmm. I don't even realize it. And I'm, I'm just covered in knots. Like, my mm-hmm. back, my neck. And I think, especially, like, I see that in you since you're just kind of, like, you know, doing lots of different things and, like, going to school and doing all that. And you're not you're not one to be, like, oh, I'm super stressed. You just, like, internalize it and you yeah. don't talk about it. And it's very true. I don't think talking about it is always the right thing to do because there's also those people who like, I talked about this the other week, who are always like, oh, I'm so stressed out. Yeah. I'm so stressed out. I'm so stressed out. Well, what, girl, what you going to do to manage it? Yeah. Like you're going to have to address it eventually. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to manage it eventually. I think I don't know always how to address it because there's like another ongoing situation that there's like nothing I can really do about but I'm always like in the back of my mind stressed about it Mm -hmm. so I need to be better I definitely need to be better at like learning how to manage that instead of just pushing it down because you're right I like even when Emily's a great friend to have because she'll text you every once in a while and be like are you okay is everything okay and honestly I don't like to talk about when things aren't okay. Mm -hmm. Like that's just not really who I am. So I appreciate having somebody in my life that can tell when something's a little off and will text me and be like, Hey, were you okay today? And then I can be like, no, honestly, I'm not. I'm really like, this is bugging me or this is happening. And um, yeah, find you friends. That's another form of self care. It's having good friends around you because if those, if you don't have people around you that are going to build you up and encourage you and make you into a better person, then why are you hanging out with them? No kidding. 
And if you're that friend that builds other people up, make sure that you also have people in your life that like build you up because it's hard emotionally to like do all that work for other people and not have somebody else there to like build you up and encourage you while you're doing that to others. You can't pour from an empty cup. So that's good. That's really good. Make sure to and that, you know, that has to do with self-care too. You can't pour from an empty cup. So make sure you're taking care of you before you're trying to like solve all the world's problems and solve everybody else's problems, you know? I think the, you know, I talked about the ends of the spectrum, the overly self-care people who don't want to like actually do anything because it scares them versus the people who don't want to take care of themselves because I think it's a sign of weakness. The sign of weakness thing, I still feel a lot. Um, and just like the stigma around like taking care of your like mental health. Mm-hmm. People are always like, oh, well, I don't have a diagnosed mental health issue. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm fine. And there's billboards about it on Highway 50 and 70, which, and I've been driving back and forth, which is why I've seen this, but Missouri right now has this like hashtag in the stigma mid mo. And it's like all these pictures of people. And it's like, which one of them has a mental illness? That's right. You can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really, seen those. I really like it because I mean, to be it's super, true. yeah, to be super like open and transparent because I don't mind talking about it. When I- so, like, I was operating on this crazy high stress level. I was super, super bratty to my parents because they, you know, they were like the ones trying to tell me to cool it and quit some stuff <laughs> so that I could be a better person. And that was the first time I'd ever heard the word burned out. And my like primary care doctor was like, you seem burned out. And it showed physically I had like, lost weight, not in a healthy way. I looked like very tense. I just kind of gaunt for lack of a better term. And so I like started like seeing somebody about it and I was like diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And I didn't want to like talk about it with anyone because that felt like a, like a nasty term. It was, it felt like a nasty term, but it also to me felt like just an exaggerated reaction to me being stressed. I was like, every kid in high school is stressed. We're doing a lot of stuff. You know, being a teenager is rough Mm -hmm. as is. But no, like, it's so many people walk around every day with things that they don't realize are chemical and physical and not a result of necessarily what's going on in their life, but because they're just, you know, you develop mental illnesses and, like, mental difficulties. And sometimes you just have to take a step back and realize it's not your fault and you just have to learn how to manage that. And if that's seeing somebody great and if it's talking to somebody cool and I never heard that word like burned out or I can't remember how my, uh, my old therapist phrased it, but she said that I was always trying to push out and I was not allowing anything to come in. Like mm-hmm. I, like you said, I never processed anything. I never thought about anything. I never, gave myself time to think through things. I just reacted to everything in my life. And you just internalized everything. Just internalized everything and let it sit. And so then we were really, you know, pulling out that stuff that I hadn't processed mm-hmm. in my life. And there's still stuff that I, I'll just, you know, be, be chilling. And I'll be like, Ooh, let's think about that for a second. Yeah. Um, my brain really wants to bring that up. And I think something that I want to work on after us hearing us chat for a bit is the self-reflection aspect. Cause I think I do that with big things now more so, but I still don't with little things. I think it's important for little things too. Yeah. Would agree. But my favorite forms of self-care are 
I do like skincare and face masks. I know it's cliche, but I like to buy things from Sephora <laughs> and put them on my face. Um, I'm a big, like, watch a Netflix show you've already seen at least six times because it won't give you any anxiety because you know what happens. Mm, that's you know, true. You know who ends that's up together. True. You know who. I didn't think about it that way, but it's true. Yeah. I got rewatching New Girl for the second time. I rewatched The Office and Parks and Rec so many times. Mm-hmm. Gossip Girl, I always want to rewatch, but by the time I get into it, I get nervous again because I forget <laughs> about all the weird subplots. So I gotta taste it back. Um, and I'm an extrovert. I talk about that all the time, but I like to be with other people. It's so like on my little Sabbath Saturdays, I've been calling them. I always try to have people over, mm-hmm. like open up the house and just be like, "Yeah, I just come. I'm literally hanging out here all day, getting sunburnt." Um, <laughs> peeling from head to toe so yeah yeah and as always i will plug the saint bellow app non-sponsored sponsor me please i'm your biggest fan but the saint bellow app has really changed the game for me because i've been able to track my moods which is really cool oh yeah Um, some people do that like in a bullet journal or just like journaling in general i'm not quite artsy enough for that but you know I bullet journal, but my bullet journal is not cute. My bullet journal is functional. See, and that that right there would be enough to not make it worthwhile for me because I want my bullet <laughs> journal to be cute. Gosh dang it. Do you follow those bullet journal? Or do you see people's like bullet journal accounts on Instagram? Yeah. There's a girl. I do that with planners because I have one of the like really nice Erin Condren planners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that I haven't used since March. So... <laughs> anyway my friend and I were saying the other day that we started writing things on our planners in pencil because like nothing's concrete anymore yeah that's true um but yeah I I boo I boojo I'm not part of the boojo community (laughs) because I don't I literally have a black pen and a moleskin notebook that I was given as a gift and I have my to-do lists and I do I like a visualize page like visualize my day but I do not do anything cute there's no colored pencils there are no <laughs> markers because I know I would hate it if I did it that's why I prefer stickers and washi tape you can't you don't have to draw anything you just put some washi tape down and you sticker it and I was actually gonna planner in the next couple days because um I think I at least want to take like the month and write in everything that's like happened mm-hmm. like the party and all the fun nights and the pool days and all that good stuff. So I think I need to do that. And then I'm starting to pick up more job type deals. So Mm -hmm. I need to write those in just so for myself, my sanity to keep track of where my weird amounts of money are coming from. (laughs) (laughs) It's like weird, small, you know, amounts, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like at this age, there's a lot of gigging. Yeah. A lot of freelancing. And so you have to keep that. Well, okay. So Speaking of planners, this is my last little tip I had. So my brother is 18. He just well, he's actually 19 now. Ooh. 19. He just graduated he, high school. He is. He, he just had his birthday. Yep. Saturday was his birthday. My brother just got his license. I love that. He's gone to see, see his girlfriend twice, <gasps> three times now. In the car. Oh, he's got a van. Do you remember when one of our friends had a van? Yeah. And he called it the party wagon. For what partying, I'm not so sure. I'm not either because we, we didn't anything. party in high school. <laughs> we were like, maybe towards the end of high school did some of our friends party, but like not, not enough I. to <laughs> not enough to warrant it be called to be called the party wagon. No, but no, anyway, no. that's a whole other story. Um, my 18 year old brother is the most disorganized type Z person I've ever met in my life. 
Um, my mother has to basically run his life because if she didn't, then he would never remember to do anything. Listen, don't do that to your kids, guys. <laughs> Make them responsible. Because <laughs> then you have to deal with the aftermath. Just saying. Yeah. He and it's funny because like he gets things done. He's just he and he knows what he's supposed to do when he's supposed to be places, but he just doesn't it's like pulling teeth. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, he, and he it like his brain works differently mm-hmm. than like my mom or myself's brains were like he's a boy and that has a lot to do with it too yeah but anyways for his birthday slash graduation because they're kind of we're kind of lumping them together this year he got a planner and my mom made him sit down and fill it out (laughs) so he was sitting there like writing in he just got a job he's writing his work schedule and his like orientation for college and all his little fraternity rush events and he was like writing it all in oh, give him some stickers and some wash <laughs> maybe some I colorful pens because <laughs> i sit down every sunday and i have a bullet journal i have a planner for school stuff only i call it planner time yeah like, planner hey, time. sam do you want to have planner time with me <laughs> he'd be like no he probably did his for the whole month i have to do mine every week um but so yeah he got a planner for his for his birthday slash graduation. It was very exciting. A very adult present. Um, a very adult present. After you turn 18, you kind of, you know, get adult presents. But that kind of goes into my last True. little little bit of advice is, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, is to just really build good routines for yourself mm-hmm. that have self-care included. Self-care should not be something you resort to when you're, like, at your breaking point and you have to be, like, Yes, I'm literally set gonna those, set those good things in motion now so that be proactive instead of reactive. Yes. Set those things in motion now. I'm getting that tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> be proactive. Please not do. Because I'm reactive. So that when a situation arises, you're not, you don't go crazy. Yeah. Because it will happen. Like life happens. We're all adults with adult things that happen to us now. And if you're not an adult, you will be someday. And, you know, things happen, things come up and you're either going to be prepared and you're going to roll with the punches or you're going to crumble. And which do you want to do? Absolutely. Because the thing that I think the book that I've been talking about kind of leaves out is those moments in your life where you do have to kind of crank it up a notch and like, like let yourself be stressed so you can do all the things you need to do. Cause like life happens. I Mm -hmm. say that all the time. And so having those like built-in routines, like you said, I really like the proactive, not reactive thing. Yeah. So I have like a wind up routine in the morning. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I do like wake up yoga and stuff. Then I have a wind down routine and both of those things have self-care aspects. And then, you know, in the morning I'm meditating and reading my Bible and reading affirmation. And at night I read a book very leisurely and I watch an episode of whatever show I'm watching and I, you know, lay on the ground and, I like have foam rollers and I just like Mm -hmm. roll across them for like 20 minutes. So not waiting until you're crumbling to turn to those things. Cause then, I mean, self self care is not a cure for anything. Self care is like the Tylenol you take daily to prevent your aches and pains. Not Mm -hmm. the, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> not the Band-Aid that you put. Kind of spiraling. After. It's not a Band-Aid for a broken bone, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like, man, it's more, I consider it maintenance, not mm-hmm. like fixing something. It's like a little tune-up. Yeah. A couple and days. if that means you need to internally do some pre, 
stuff. What did I say? Proactive. Why did I say pre? <laughs> oh, man. If internally you need to do some proactive things, then that's what you need to do, you know? I don't know. I just think those things are important. Important to being just, like, a good human being, too. Absolutely. You never want to be that person that's so strung out that you treat the other people in your life poorly. And that's what I did when I was in high school. I would, like, treat my parents badly because I was a strung out little girl. I was 16 (laughs) and, like, a mess. But it happens. But see, you have self-reflected on those things. Wow, I have self-reflected. We all go through some ish that we would rather not and that we would rather not talk about. But. It's important. Even if you just talk, this is going to sound strange, but even if you just talk about it with yourself, like have a little conversation with yourself about things that have happened and how you're going to do it better. Yeah, you know, that's really good. And especially if you're not like a, like a journaling person. Cause I really yeah. don't like to, I don't like to journal. If I told my, my boyfriend to sit down and journal <laughs> his thoughts and feelings, he'd look at me like I was nuts. Yeah. So, and like, I don't like to write too much like when I write I want it to have a purpose I yeah Yeah. sometimes I just like chat with myself or pray about it or whatever Mm -hmm. and that's generally enough because I think too you can't let the self-culture gurus of the world including myself in that conversation I suppose (laughs) tell you like there's only one right way to do these like generic tips yeah there's not there's never you have to do what's right for you because if you hate it like some people don't like baths you cannot force people to take baths and think it's going to be their self-care. Kind of goes back to, like, doing what's best for you. And Again, if I told my boyfriend to take a bath because he was stressed, he'd surely he'd think like, I was crazy. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be sitting in my own filth. <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of my two cents on self-care. I got a lot of opinions because... I didn't think I was going to have as many opinions as I did. I loved your personally. I think they were good. They, they're getting me thinking. I'm thinking a lot. That's good. That's what... Again, that's now I'm self-reflecting. <laughs> but yeah, I think especially during this season of just the world kind of being in a super strange place, mm-hmm. you really in have some to places be. being in a standstill too. It's a good time, a good time to do all these things. Absolutely, because like right now, my schedule is way more free than it will be during the school year, and every right. day brings a new. A new little flavor of anxiety to my life, um, especially <laughs> same trying to figure out what schools look like in the fall. And so I think, like, I've been doing lots of trial and error with my morning and evening routines and figuring out what makes me feel good, what doesn't, and really doing that whole, like, identifying my feelings thing, especially because not everything is just, like, generic anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Everyone take care of themselves. Yes. And... Get outside if you like that because summer's the best if you're that time. that kind of person. Get as much vitamin D as you can now because in the wintertime, if you have seasonal depression, yep, then you're going to be wishing that you <laughs> had gotten outside. So Absolutely. Well, um, as always, if you have any questions um, about self-care or about one of the things we talked about, feel free to email us. I always put the email in the episode description. Um, But you can also just email us any questions um, that you have about anything, really. We'll answer anything at this point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, feel free to email us. Or if you just want to be like, hey, 
love the pod. Yeah, give us a great. We love great some positive feedback. feedback. Again, like, we don't like the negative <laughs> feedback. We don't we want like, that. We just we spend ten minutes feedback. talking about how none of us can handle criticism, <laughs> and then we're like, give us only compliments. And if you have a critique, oh. keep it to yourself. <laughs> Or do a compliment sandwich. I accept those. Oh, yes. Compliment, criticism, compliment. You know, I will accept one of those as well. So if you'd like to give one of those, email it to us. Um, or DM us too. But anyway, so that is our self-care episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you took some things away from, from the chat that we had. Um, if you did take anything away from this chat, email us yeah we'd love to hear if any of this stuff was eye-opening to you because my eyes have been open so have mine i'm thinking about proactive versus reactive a lot now it's important for sure do we need maybe we need to do another whole segment on that or something no kidding let us know yeah emily always gets me thinking thinking too much (laughs) but i'm thinking then we've been thinking way too much today i gotta go teach a workout class i'm about to be like Let's think about some trauma, guys. (laughs) Let's work through our trauma with this dance. (laughs) And everyone's going to be like, please stop talking to us. Oh, man. Oh, I love that. Um, If you have any trauma you'd like us to help you work through, (laughs) let us know. Email us. We are not licensed professional therapists. We're not. Just women with lots of trauma ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And some semi-helpful coping mechanisms. And read too many books. (laughs) This is true. Um. Yep, that's all we've got for this episode. Yeah, we so, will see you next week. We will next Thursday. I put them out every Thursday, so hit us Great up. Weekend listen. Yes, on your Sabbath. Yes, you should all be taking. <laughs> yes, you should. That might be something I implement. Actually, it's been so good. I all look right. forward to it so much. We're gonna go for real now. So. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.